How's it going? Good. That's the message right there. Listen, if you, you, you just, it, there's three life change stories that you just heard about. <clears throat> Man, if you can leave here remembering one of them, that would be a good thing. That'd be a good thing. That, that was incredible. Amen? Amen? Can we give God the glory for it? And praise? Amen. You know, every time I, we get a chance to do, uh, have a, an event called Baby D, our baby dedication event, I'm, I'm reminded once again how incredible uh, it is to be a parent, how important it is to influence the next generation, and that moms and dads would not uh, necessarily, well, it's not a traditional event, right? It's not something that we do during, during the service when we bring parents up here, but they would take the time to invite their family and their friends to come together on a night in a room that seems a lot bigger than it needs to be where kids can um, be dedicated unto the Lord. And mom and dad can publicly declare to those closest to them that they're gonna raise their child to become all that God's designed them to be. And so that's the video you got to watch. Uh, we do that a couple times a year. So pretty special times here recently at Grace Community Church. We just continue to see God move and lives being changed uh, in the name of Jesus. So it's great. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Mark Edwards. I'm the executive pastor here at Grace, and it's my privilege to share with you. And it's also, what I love about this is that we get to give our senior pastor a little bit of a break. I think that's the key. That's the, if, you don't, if you're not encouraged by anything else, be encouraged that Pastor Jesse and Lori and the kids are enjoying a weekend with family and a chance to get away. And it's a privilege to be able to offer that, to have that for him, um, and to uh, give him a chance to watch a little World Cup soccer maybe too. I don't know. I don't know, I think he's into soccer. What do you think, huh? Yeah, so it's great to be here and great to share with you in the next 20 minutes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for today. God, we, we really could leave right now. We could. Uh, because we've had a, the privilege to worship you in music with our voices, to worship you through the celebration of life change with the three uh, that were baptized today. Uh, with all that we've already experienced. Uh, we're hanging out maybe with some of us in the room with our friends, with our family, and we have a lot to be grateful for from uh, this time, this weekend, this holiday that we've been a part of. Uh, yet, I think, God, there's just a little bit more for us today. So uh, help us to put aside distractions. Holy Spirit, come and lead us today, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Thanksgiving weekend and the topic is persecution and perseverance. Does that sound good? Awesome. Well, something to be thankful for. We're glad you're here. There will be no notes. The only notes you'll get this weekend are the ones you write down. Uh, it's not because, uh, well, it's because of a lot of things. Obviously, it's because I, I didn't get them to the right people at the right time, and that's okay. <laughs> just being real. Uh, sometimes we just roll that way. But today is, this weekend is the last weekend of our Empowered series. We're wrapping up 2 Timothy. Uh, I've been able to uh, get this ahead of time and frankly wasn't quite sure where this was gonna go. When you get to the end of a letter from Paul, there's a lot of things and you wonder if it really should be in scripture and you realize later that, yep, there's a reason for it like every other passage of scripture. And so we're gonna jump into 2 Timothy chapter four. If you wanna get there in your Bible and your smart device, phone, whatever you got with you. If you need a Bible before you leave, make sure we get you one if you don't have one of your own. Uh, and so before we read the letter, I just wanna kind of give you a quick overview of where we've been in this series of Empowered and Second Timothy. Uh, 
know that Paul is writing from prison. He's there for the second time in Rome. Uh, He has spent about five years in that region sharing the gospel, spreading the good news, testifying to Jesus Christ and all that he is, has done and what he will do, whatever that looks like. And he's been under fire. He's been, he's been in the trenches. He's had people with him and uh, he, uh, he is just getting to it. And in the midst of five years, he's in prison, he gets released and now he's back in. And this wasn't three strikes and you're out. This was gonna be two strikes and you're out. And Paul knew it. Paul knew he wasn't gonna be leaving prison except for his death. And so this last writing of Paul's that's, that's captured in scripture in the Bible is to someone, in my opinion, has to be someone super close to Paul. Why? Because if he's gonna to write to one person, if he's gonna communicate one more time to somebody, it's probably gonna be somebody that's really important to Paul. And that's Timothy. They've done a lot of life together Paul's invested in Timothy more than I would like to think more than most. They've gone through a lot of tough times together. They've seen a lot of great things happen. And here he is wrapping up his life in this letter that we now wrap up in this last passage of scripture. And just so you know, don't worry, my spray zone seems to be right here. (laughs) It was last service anyway. So if I sense that coming on, I'm just gonna lean this way. Okay. All right. So we're wrapping up this letter. And so let's, let's give you a little overview of what we walked through with 2 Timothy. Just a few highlights, just a summary, a summary. One, Paul writes to Timothy in chapter one. And he says, speak of Jesus boldly. Don't be embarrassed. Be bold when you declare who Jesus is and what he's done. In chapter two, he talks about and encourages Paul once again. Hey, listen, what I've done with you, you need to do with others. It's called discipleship. Back there, it's like, hey, just impact, impart what I've grown, what you've grown in my relationship with you, you with me. Now find some reliable men to do the same. Do the same thing. Teach what I've taught you. He talks in that same chapter about how to live for Jesus. Timothy, this is how you're to live. Here's your do's and don'ts. Here's how you should live your life moving forward. Chapter three, be ready because difficulties are coming. It's gonna get terrible. Here's some good news, Timothy. In the midst of my difficult situation, I want to tell you, be prepared. It's gonna happen to you too. It's gonna get difficult. Well, that's good news for Thanksgiving, isn't it? It's gonna get difficult. But keep doing, in chapter three, keep doing what you're convinced is the right thing. Do the right thing. Don't do the easy thing. Don't do the thing that everybody would expect you to do. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Preach the word. Paul tells Timothy, you are an evangelist. You have a purpose to spread the gospel. Do that. Don't do anything else. Preach the word. Now, we don't all are called to do that. We'll get to that later. But for Timothy, Paul recognized in Timothy, Timothy embraced and and was invested in to be an evangelist. Go start the church. I'm gonna send you out like I've been. Keep doing that. Stay focused. That was the empowerment that Paul invested in Timothy. This was just the writing, but that's how they lived life together. That's how they did life together. And here we are in the latter part of the the letter, 2 Timothy, starting with verse nine. Here we go. Do your best, Paul writes, do your best to come to me quickly for 
Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescent, I love these words. I love them. I don't know how to pronounce them, but I love them. Has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. I sent this guy that starts with the letter T to Ephesus. <laughs> Just being real. When you come, it's better than saying it wrong. When you come, bring the cloak that I've left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Verse 14, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he's done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'll skip the last three verses for time and there's a lot more words I can't pronounce. <laughs> but know, know that this is, these were important words. At first, when I started reading this a couple months ago, because that's how Pastor Jesse is, he gets you set up early. I'm like, really? Really? This, huh? Really? And then as I focused on it and took some time to think about it and meditate on it, I went, oh yeah, I get you. I get you, God. I get what you're saying here. I understand it. And then, of course, it made it easy for me to really grasp what this was all about because in my Bible, there's a subheading that says personal remarks. This was personal. This, these were personal statements I just read to a guy that mattered a lot to Paul. They were personal And even when I read through this, and as we read this together, there is an understanding that Timothy understands more about what Paul's saying than what we'll understand. That they did life together, and these things will make sense to Timothy. So here you go, Timothy, here's what I need. So the first thing he tells Timothy is, I, I, I need you to get here. Like, you need to come quickly. Paul already knows, shopping. He's going to get his head chopped off soon. He's going to be murdered. He needs his brother there, his son in the faith there. He needs somebody very close to him there with him. Please come, Timothy, come quickly. Oh, and when you come, bring something I can keep warm with because this prison is cold. I'm just cold. I mean, why would you ask for that? If you, one, you didn't have it. And two, obviously you needed it. And Timothy knew exactly, I'm sure, what that looked like. He knew where to go to get the cloak, and he knew where to go to get the paperwork, the parchments, the scrolls that Paul's talking about. He just knew that. Didn't have to be like, hey, so you need to go here and talk to this person. It's in this room. Mm -mm. You know where it's at. Go get it. So there's this close relationship. Paul needed Timothy there. And then he goes on to say, listen, I'm gonna, I need to remind you, there are people, there are people that are gonna be really, really difficult. You know, and as Paul is writing this to Timothy, I kind of see Timothy going, oh yeah, I get you. I know where that's at, right? I know, I, I know what you need. I'll be there. And it, it, there's this understanding, right? It's kind of like for us at Thanksgiving. We had Thanksgiving yesterday uh, because of some circumstances. We put it off a couple of days. I'm really glad we did. I'm looking forward to leftovers. If there's any leftover, <laughs> I'm not sure. 
I'll find out when I get home. But one of the things I love about getting together with family is there's conversations that happen that y'all know, you already know where the story's going. Do you know what I'm saying? Anybody been there? Where you hear a story, you know where it's gonna go, right? And in fact, it's to the point where when you're talking about, this happened yesterday, I'm, I'm sitting at a table and I just have the privilege of sitting and listening. I'll tell you what, there's nothing better than listening to your kids and your wife just kind of just, just start telling this story. Remember this, they start talking about this and it was fairly recent. I won't repeat what the conversation was, but at the same time, I'm sitting there and I'm, wait, I'm going, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. And before the story gets to the conclusion, they're already pointing at one of the people at the table going, oh yeah, you remember, right? You know where this is going, you know, because they already get it. They already get it. So this is the context of Paul to Timothy. This is the kind of conversation, like he, Timothy already gets it. He already knows what Paul is wanting and needing. And it's especially true when he starts talking about Alexander. Like, who's this guy, Alexander? Like, even the experts don't really connect Alexander to other Alexanders in Scripture. They think maybe it's associated with somebody else that Paul's talked about, but there really isn't any proof. So then I'm thinking, well, why would he talk about that? Well, we need to hear it. And Timothy needed to be encouraged and empowered once again to say, listen here, my friend. You know that guy, Alexander? He's deceptive. He is deceptive. He's gonna cause you as much trouble as he caused me and he caused us when we were together. He's just that way, right? You get it, Timothy, right? Like you just need to know this isn't your battle to fight. You need to get in there, keep doing what you're doing and it's gonna be guys like Alexander that are gonna get in your way. And there's gonna be guys like Demas that are gonna leave you. They're gonna just abandon you. Right when you think things are going good, this is where it got personal to me. I could remember right when I thought things were going good in ministry, I felt abandonment by people. I was in the midst of leading a big change in children's ministry. This is a decade ago, maybe longer. And I, I, I did what you're supposed to do. You communicate and over-communicate and over-communicate. And you communicate to all the right people in the right order. You make sure everybody gets it. And through every group of communication I was having, it was all clicking. And then I got to the final group that I needed to communicate this major change to. It was to parents. And you gotta know, there's no more important conversation to have in, in, in church for me and should be for all of us, I'm sure, with mom and dad who are leading and influencing their kids and raising them up to love Jesus. And when you start getting personal like that, there's risk involved. So we bring the parents together as many that are willing to come and I share the vision of where we're going and I close with the thing I probably shouldn't have, but it's the right thing to do. I said, listen, I'm gonna be right up front. If you have any questions, you kind of come up. <clears throat> and then the line started to form. <laughs> and I stood there thinking, oh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And the first few were not so good. In fact, one, I'll never forget. I'll never forget this moment because it's the first part of the second moment that matters so much to me. The family comes up, they've been involved, they had kids. Pastor, I understand where you're going. And it's just, it's, I'm sure it's gonna be exciting, but you need to know, <clears throat> we won't be attending here anymore. What? You won't be attending here anymore? Yeah, that just doesn't work for us. It doesn't work for us. Well, okay. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding. Like this, this wasn't just, this, this is, it could have been any family, but every family matters. 
right? I mean, when I think of a family, I can think of some of your, the families here. I think, if you walked up to me and said that, it would break my heart. And they broke my heart personally. And then I thought, no, God, you got us this far. There is a plan. They're gonna abandon it. That's okay. That's what it felt like, but they just, it wasn't gonna fit. And then the next person came up and they said, hey, pastor, I just want you to know, I'm all in. I'm all in. So excited. This is gonna be great. I'm like, that's what I need to hear. So there's gonna be people that are gonna lean in and move forward with you, Timothy, and there's gonna be people that are gonna abandon you, and especially guys like Alexander, they are gonna create so much havoc for you, you're gonna wanna do them harm, but you leave them for God to deal with. And keep at it. Stay focused. It's gonna feel like you're being persecuted, and you are. Persecution is real. When we start doing what God's called us to do, I remember Jesse saying this differently a while back, like, if life is easy in ministry, it's because we're not doing it. It's because we're not focused on the right things. You know, when we start preaching and teaching and sharing the good news and sacrificing and investing in people and loving people unconditionally when they, when they don't probably think they even deserve it and we start caring about things that set the church apart and set you apart as a Christ follower, persecution's gonna come. Persecution. It's gonna happen. And yet we're called, like Timothy, like Paul called Timothy, we're called to keep focused and doing what we need to do. And remember, you're gonna have people like Alexander in your world that are gonna just disrupt your world, rock you to the core. I remember a guy that um, I had to deal with in a situation because he did something that wasn't right. I needed to call him out on it in a loving and respectful way. And when we got all done, he began to, the process of hating me. Like, not just like, oh, I don't really agree with you. Mm -mm. More like, you are fill in the blank kind of, kind of statements. And why it disrupted me, it was so hard on me to hear. It's like, how can you feel that way about anybody? And you're feeling that way about me. Why do you have to pick on me? And like, I mean, it's just, it became about me, right? But it, it got serious because he and I went to the same coffee stand. Now, you, if you know me, you know that my morning coffee is a big deal. It borderline, it's borderline idolatry because I go to the same place every day. It's right on the edge. I'm telling you, I don't have time today, but just trust me when I say, it's a struggle for me, right? He went to the same coffee place that I went to. So every day I had to choose, am I gonna deal? Is he gonna be there? I knew the car he drove. I knew if he was there. And when he pulled, when his car was there, I'm, I'm questioning if I really need caffeine today. But it was so important to me. <laughs> I would go in and I would just try to stay in line. And, you know, anyway, I went and apologized to him. He wouldn't receive that. I mean, it was, it was hard. And when persecution comes, that's, that's not the kind of persecution Paul's feeling. And many of you have felt persecution in a greater degree than my morning coffee. <clears throat> Right? I'm just saying, when that, when that starts happening in here and you do the right thing and you get pushback and you get blowback and you get people like judgment and criticism, they're like, how can you be that way? How can you do that? You should be this way. The world says this, how can you do that? When we start living that way, it, where it doesn't make sense, we're gonna be persecuted. When we do what's right, even though it's not easy, we're gonna sense and feel the persecution. And we're called to do that. It wasn't the great suggestion. It was the great commandment and the great 
commission. We're called to go. Church, we are called to go, to do. Now, for some, maybe even for those that were in the tank today, you know, when we begin a relationship with Jesus, we start trying to figure out who Jesus is and like he loves me really and he can be a part of my life and and I live forever and forever in heaven when this life is over, like that's amazing. But we kind of do it from a distance. We kind of observe people. Well, this is how they are. Hmm, well, that's different. And, and then when we become a Christian, we, I think we stay in that observation mode sometimes. I think we end up where we're like, I have to be careful. These are my son-in-laws. They're very expensive, I'm sure. <clears throat> I don't really know how to use them. I'll act like I'm seeing you, but I really don't know if they're working. But we, we watch from a distance. We're like, ah, I, I love Jesus, but I don't know if I can do that. But I'll watch somebody else do it. Right? In fact, I, I appreciate these had a, a, sometimes we even get to the point where we're like, well, I'm just gonna keep these on. <laughs> Grab some popcorn or something. I don't know. I'm just gonna watch from a distance. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in that struggle. Oh, good job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You do that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? From a distance. From a distance. God didn't call us to go and stay distant, to go and observe. He called us to do even in the midst of persecution and probably always with persecution. I mean, you just can't, how can you get, how can you get away from it? You can't. When you're doing God's work, you are a slave to Christ. When you accept Jesus, you're not an observer of Jesus anymore. You're a disciple who does. We can't get away from that. If you think being a Christian is about just waiting for heaven, you're wrong. We have a calling. Timothy had a calling on his life. He had a purpose. You have a purpose. You have something you're to be about, not to just be. He calls us to put on the gloves and go to work, to go to work, to say, hey, okay, God, you saved me. My hope, my, my focus will be on Jesus and my eternity with you in heaven like Paul writes in this, but like Timothy, whew, these are work gloves, baby. When you come to church, you shouldn't be coming in with binoculars on. When you come into this space, you come in with your work gloves on. You worship the Lord. I point this way, like you all know that like God must be this way. You worship, right? You worship. And sometimes that takes work even just to come to church and worship. <clears throat> when we go out in that world and you go back into your neighborhood and you go to work and you deal with that one person that you work with that is just such, you know what? I have to go to, oh, oh they're sick today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right? Oh, wait, they're there. Hmm. Oh, he's going to talk to me about, well, what did you learn at church today, yesterday? <laughs> oh, you're a Christian. How come you don't love this person? How come you're so mm, against this? You know what I'm saying, right? Right? Okay, we can't control them, but we can put on our work gloves and come prayed up and studied up and know God's word like Timothy was called to do to keep doing what he was called to do. You and I need to keep doing what we're called to do. And if you're not sure, we can help you. There's enough people around here to be a Paul to you, Timothy, to help you to keep doing. 
put on the gloves. In the midst of persecution, just keep at it, stay focused. I get persecution in my way. It's hard, isn't it? You, you know when things have gotten hard in your life. When I say, think of a time when life was really hard, you, you know it, just like that. And it's different for all of us. It could be physical, like you've gone through it. Or physical, you know somebody that's gone through it that you love deeply. Or it could be financial. You know that debt's not a good thing, but are you going to put in the work to change it? Or it's this pressure, like you got somebody, it's just a, they just jab you with this Christianity stuff all the time. Like, oh, you're a Christian. Well, yes, I am. Well, you sure don't act like it. Right? Gotta keep focused. See, we can't stop. We've gotta persevere. There's a, Paul talks, there's this crown of righteousness. Paul says in, the, in, the, in another letter, he says what? To live is Christ, to die is it's all about being obedient and doing the work for yourself and for the kingdom. You've got to put in the work. We've got to put in the work. We can't stop. We've got to persevere. There's a promise for us, and it comes through deepening here. Paul talked to Timothy a lot about, and, he, and God tells us all the time, this is where it's at, right? Deepen your knowledge of the word. Grow in your understanding of the word. Be ready in season and out of season to proclaim the good news. Now, I'm not one to sit and study the Bible for a couple hours a day. How about you? I wish I could. There are rare, rare moments when I'm like in the zone, like I'm there. Like, like scripture just like, whew. that doesn't happen every day, right? However, you need to study God's word, do that. Do you need to listen to it? <clears throat> listen to it? <clears throat> Do you need to memorize it? Do you need to write it out? Some of you journal, most of us don't. Some of you do, right? There's different things that you can do to grow in scripture in your life, to deepen your roots. So that when Alexander walks into your world, you're ready. You're ready for that metal worker. He's gonna come take you down. You're ready for that person that's gonna be at you they're just waiting for you to show up at work. They're waiting for you to pull in the driveway. They're waiting for you. They act like they love you, but then when, see right here, spray zone. But then <laughs> behind your back, in other conversations, they are your enemy. God's word helps us in all those seasons. Paul is telling Timothy, don't stop. After I'm gone, don't stop persevere when others try and distract you Timothy and derail you and try to when that out when Alexander shows up in your world again like he did remember when he did that with us I mean you know when Paul said to Timothy hey remember Alexander in Timothy's mind he's like oh I remember that day I remember those times Timothy Paul Paul Timothy it's going to happen again man you're going to get in it he's going to show up again He's gonna show up again. Don't stop. Don't stop proclaiming the good news. For you and I, when our life circumstances discourage us, when we are under persecution, when we're under hardship, we're under struggle, don't stop 
living for Jesus. Don't stop proclaiming the good news. Don't stop in your world fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. And I'm speaking from experience. When you're in the midst of crisis, don't stop doing what matters for God's kingdom. That's what matters most. This life is temporary. It doesn't matter if you're 80 or 18 or 12 or 40. Your world, you're going to experience persecution and struggles. For all that matters, in the name of Jesus, don't stop. When your choices and your habits and your struggles and your weaknesses and your attitude and your self-centeredness and all of the above or just one of those things gets in your way and you feel like you have been derailed, you have failed, you're a struggle, don't stop because then you end up in there like Emily did, like Giovanni did, like his dad did. There are gonna be seasons where we're gonna struggle and we're gonna make wrong choices, but don't camp in the wrong choice. Don't let the Alexanders get inside your head. Don't let those situations become what weighs you down. Don't give up, don't stop, persevere. Wrap this message up because it's already getting late. Don't stop. Paul said, Timothy, I stayed focused on heaven. See It's not that we stand back and go, oh, there's heaven, and we just focus on it as an observer. No, may it be something that we live and breathe and understand how we're unworthy, but we're so forgiven that we've made big, major mistakes in our lives and God still loved us. And he calls us to a lifestyle of doing that's different than what this world would say is right. I'm glad the power didn't go out on this message This is what we're called to do. This is what Paul is telling Timothy at the end of his life. And for us today, it's gotta be about, yeah, this series is called Empowered. And yes, we talk a lot about discipleship and what Paul did with Timothy and invested him. But for us today, friends, I think for us, it's gotta be one of two things. One, are are we being invested in or investing in someone else? That relationships matter. And the relationships that matter most may be right underneath your roof and you're not spending enough time in it. It may be there's somebody else that you just need to, you need to sacrifice and invest in them because they are willing. They are willing to be invested in. They just need someone that says they care, that they'll go into their world and invest in their world where they're at. So there's that side. And then there's this other thing that hit me, hit me hard. I didn't see this coming. And it's the second thing that I think we need today. I needed it. About 10, 15 years ago, I read a book called 30 Days to Live. Uh, uh, a senior pastor out of a church in, in Texas wrote it. And he, he, in the premise, the idea was this. If you only had 30 days left to live, this side of heaven, what would you do with them? See, when Paul knew his time was short, he just started writing to the person that mattered. He was, Timothy, I don't think, was the only person that was important to Paul. It's obvious he, Paul writes about other people, but he didn't, he didn't write letters to everybody. See, Timothy was, was someone very special to Paul. And when he knew, he, he didn't even, I don't know if he knew he had 30 days left. I don't, I don't know how much time he had after this writing. It wasn't long, but he starts writing to Timothy. 
You know, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We bring family together. You know and I know that there's people in this room, you may be one of them, that you wish there was somebody else sitting at the table. Or at least got a phone call. It's not because they're, they're in heaven. They're here still. And for some reason, there's been discourse. There's been separation. <clears throat> Paul reminds us how important relationships are just by writing this letter. He reminds us of that. And if we had 30 days, I remember reading this book thinking, what would I do over the next, what could I accomplish in 30 days that would matter? Oh man, I was fired up. I was fired up. And I also fell short. But I don't really remember the book, but I remember the motivation from the book. And for you and I today, it's all, it will always be for me about relationships. And for me speaking to you and sharing with you and encourage you, it will always be about what has God put right in front of you already that you should be doing. Like you, you've been waiting for somebody to recognize maybe a gift or an ability you have. Like, I'm not gonna step into that until somebody pulls me in. No, I don't wait for that. Just start, just do, just do. Well, I'll, I'll talk to that person when they talk to me. I'm, gonna, I, I'm waiting on them. No, 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 you take the first step. Sometimes it doesn't turn out real well. Trust me, I know. But I sure felt better afterwards knowing I did my part. I did my part. Persecution, it's gonna come. If you're not experiencing it, hmm, you're not focused on what's right here because doing the right thing for the kingdom of God is gonna bring hardship and struggle. It just is. It's gonna bring great reward too, don't get me wrong. It's gonna be opportunities like this where you get to stand on the other side of that tank and you get to baptize somebody you've invested in because their life changed. Sorry, I got out of the light. Your life changed. Your life changed. Their life changed. And you invested in them to a point where they said, I'm in. I'm in. There's nothing better than that. Those are gonna come in the midst of difficulties as well. Come on, you're out there, come on. <laughs> come on, I'm already way over. I, oh, I'm so sorry. To those downstairs ministering to your kids, I'm so sorry. Let's pray, bow your heads with me. Bow your heads for a minute. While they're getting ready to start playing and they will, with your eyes closed, not being a distraction, just taking a minute. I know this isn't what we normally do. You, maybe you're here and um, like you didn't even need the message today. You just needed the testimony that came out of that tank. You need to know you're loved by the creator of the universe. He created everything. He loves you so deeply and so completely and so authentically and so unbelievably, enormously loves you that he sent his son to die for you. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would say don't leave this room without doing that. Don't leave this room without saying to God in the privacy of your heart, God, I love you. I don't know how you could love me, but I'm gonna start loving you back. How could you love me for what I've done? Can I tell you a relationship with Jesus changes everything in so many great ways. It's not just about eternity of no suffering and no pain and living forever. Yeah, it's all about that. But there is a life to be lived now. And if you don't have Jesus in it, you're not living it. 
the way God intended. You just have to accept him. You have to say, God, I'm sorry. Jesus, forgive me. You paid the price for my mistakes, my sin, and I receive you right now. I ask you to come into my life. I put my trust, my faith, my life in you. I repent from the lifestyle I've lived. Thank you for dying on a cross for me, and I receive you as Lord and Savior. If that's you today, nobody looking around, raise your hand and say, Pastor Mark, that's me today. I've prayed that. I want that. I want Jesus today. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to make you stand up. But if you're here, I want to celebrate that with you. Sure, you can put your hand down. God bless you. I made everything worth it right there. And maybe you're here and you're in the midst of persecution like you've never thought would come your way. In the midst of a 15 minute over service that I'm gonna have to apologize for later, I wanna tell you now, keep at it. Don't give up. Right now, tell Jesus you're calling him out to stay with you that you know he won't leave you and you're gonna keep doing the right thing. You're gonna keep persevering and you know there's a crowd of righteous waiting for you. You've been promised that and you're gonna make it in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this group. They've been so faithful to be here today on a Thanksgiving weekend. Thank you for this group behind me that's inspired us. Thank you mostly for you, your word, your love, your sacrifice. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.